Well, for a decade, Timothy Wayne Wright travelled the world performing hundreds of concerts with Britain's Grammy Award winning The King Singers. Well, now Timothy and his family have settled in Aotearoa, where he's setting up a touring a cappella academy, a training course for singers and vocal ensembles. The first one scheduled for April in Nelson, but he's being flexible with the timing because, well, that's just how we have to roll at the moment. Timothy's an experienced singing teacher and will be covering, covering off vocal techniques like chord balancing, blending and vowel matching, as well as ideas on how to really connect with an audience. He explains why he loves this specific musical genre. Performing a cappella is, is a real age-old tradition and it really lays the voices bare. There's no accompaniment to hide behind and it's a very honest and exposed way of performance. With the voice... You know, you're using an instrument that is completely inbuilt. You're using an instrument that has no external influence. It's, it's part of your body. And that twinned with performing without accompaniment is really the rawest form of performance I think you can get. I was thinking that actually about the fact that there is nowhere to hide in a cappella with the mm. voice. It really has to be perfect. So to achieve that takes a huge amount of commitment. And I guess also, you know, very much getting the right balance. Every choir is like this, but getting the right balance of voices in the choir to be able to do the, the repertoire that you want to perform. Absolutely. The blending and the balance of voices is of paramount importance when you're looking into these sort of ensemble techniques and skills. The tricky thing about choral singing is that people come along to these sessions, whether it's a group of six people or 60 people, and they have their own vocal egos, as we all do. We all perform, we all sing, we all play an instrument. We do that because we enjoy the process of it and singing with others, of course, the camaraderie that that brings but also because we think that we make a pleasant sound, that we think the sound that we make will benefit the ensemble. But with ensemble singing, the real nuts and bolts tells us that we have to leave that vocal ego off the stage and we have to forget about our own instrument and produce a sound which complements the other voices around us and that makes the ensemble sound better than it would if you could just hear individual voices sticking out. And that was really the training that the King Singers gave me was this idea, which was completely foreign to me before, as I was a soloist before I joined the group, this idea of blending in and hiding within the texture of the music, rather than making my voice the number one priority. Of course, if you have a solo moment, you stand out, you, you, the, spot, the spotlight is on you for that phrase, for that verse. But as a whole, ensemble singing is about blending with your neighbours, blending vowels, blending tone. That's another thing that choirs often forget about is this idea of vocal colours. And, you know, we can sing dynamics are one thing, but actually there are these vocal colours which you can really explore. And that's really the sort of techniques that I like teaching. What was the audition like for the King Singers? I know we're going back a wee ways. You were with them for uh, for 10 years and a really busy 10 years with this remarkable ensemble. Yeah, but I just wondered, what, was there a formal audition process? Did they shoulder tap you? How did you come to be the, was it the second counter tenor, I think? Yeah, shoulder tapping is, is probably the best way to put it. There are formal auditions, but the group 
do not advertise a position when it becomes available. Otherwise, as I'm sure you can imagine, we would have a huge amount of entries and people from all four corners of the world wanting to be part of that ensemble. So the process is that one of the members decides to retire for personal reasons, whether they would like to try something new, whether they've, you know, had enough of packing their suitcase all the time. And once that decision is made, then we ask directors, conductors in the sort of triangle of influence in the UK, which is London, Cambridge and Oxford. If you're not singing in one of those three places, you probably aren't on our radar of people to consider for this job. The choral world, just like over here in New Zealand, is incredibly small um, over in the UK. So you get wind of who is good, who has got potential, who might be a good fit. I turned up to that first round audition in a very smart suit and ready to show them my solo voice. And that was entirely what they didn't want to hear. You know, that I, you stand in the group, so the departing member stands out to listen. So you stand as one of the six. And I stood there and I sang them my prepared pieces, which were all ensemble pieces, nothing solo at all, just all ensemble pieces. And Philip Lawson, the, the, the first baritone when I arrived, uh, said something that always I always remember so clearly. And he said, this is the only audition that you're singing that we don't want to hear you. And I think that that sort of always was ringing my ears throughout my time in the KS, this idea of being part of the texture, being part of that well-oiled machine that nobody sticks out. We all work as one. So the audition, the first round was successful, thankfully, and the second round, that second round was more to do with the performance of things. So could I step out and do a solo? Could I show my personality, which is different? And that's the joy of that group is that there are six different personalities on stage. Even though the six voices sound as one, there are six different personalities. Thankfully, all the stars aligned and I spent 10 of the happiest years of my life touring with that group. Musically, it was the most fulfilling time. It was just amazing. Something like, what, more than 1,500 concerts all around the world. Tim, I mean, it's hard to think about that at the moment, isn't it? Because your right. career as so many have been turned upside down. Not only have you moved to Aotearoa, New Zealand, which of course, you know, changes things for you. But, you know, that that life of an international singer has been curtailed for the last couple of years. But man, it sounds like it was a dream at the time. When we were moving here, me and my my wife, so the connection here is my wife is a Kiwi. She was born in Nelson. Um, and we met over in, in London back in 2012. And a move over here was always on the cards at some point. And when I retired from the King Singers at the end of 2018, I uh, looked into artist management. That's one of my roles still is looking after young artists. But when 2020 hit, and especially when COVID hit in March 2020 in the UK, we added that at that time we had a four-year-old and a newborn. Um, so you can imagine we were thinking, okay, where can we be safe? So we put wheels into motion. And in March 2021, we, we finally got on the plane. But when I think back, when I was clearing out the house to, you know, to, to move, and I look back at those itineraries and schedules that we had, and it was simply absurd the amount of time we spent at Heathrow <laughs> and Gatwick and these airports. I mean, we were just busy nonstop. We would come back from tour, spend 48 hours at home before we went off again for another 10 days. And 
then we come back for a week and go away for three weeks. And the longest time you'd ever spent away was three weeks. That was the sort of limit that we put on these tours. And keeping the voice healthy as well, drinking lots and lots of, of water and um, getting as much rest as possible was the recipe that I stuck to. But there's fitness also, isn't there? I mean, you, you teach and coach uh, musicians, but I, I get a sense also that fitness, lung capacity, these are all important as well as rest and water. Absolutely. They are critical, absolutely critical. I mean, because I'm um, going back to my point about the voice being an inbuilt structure, if the body is not working as it should, the voice will not play ball. So if you keep yourself in good shape, you don't have to obsessively exercise for a, an hour every day, but just to keep yourself ticking over, you know, keep yourself healthy and eat the right things, you know, not too much dairy, these sort of things can affect the voice. Some people don't get affected at all by it. Some do. But yes, general well-being is a really is a really important part of that. And and mental health as well. You know, being on tour for that long can actually, you know, you start to miss, of course, you start to miss people back at home, but also being in different hotel rooms every night, you know, that can play play um, havoc with one sort of just mental health. So to keep a strong mind as well, you know, some of the guys in the group now do lots of yoga, relax, learn to relax, because you're otherwise you're on this constant sort of hamster wheel of performing and holding workshops. And then when you're not doing that, you might, if you're in Asia, for example, they're very keen on catching you backstage with the, with the video cameras and having fly on the wall documentaries and these sort of things. So you're constantly sort of on show and uh, under that pressure. So it's important that you give yourself that downtime too. But yeah, the body is really important. Tim, you've launched your own acapella academy here in, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and really exciting concept for us. I mean, we've, we've got strong acapella performers and conductors, of course, but this feels different. When you put the word academy in there, it sounds very formal. How is this going to work? The acapella academy is something I've always wanted to do. One thing about the, the years I spent in the King Singers is the idea that we would fly into one city, do a workshop, rehearse, do a concert, fly to the next one, and you could copy and paste that blueprint. It became very clear is that you would see Choir X and never see them again until that promoter rebooked you maybe a year or two later down the line for the same concert in the same venue. So you never really got to touch base with those singers again. You would plant the seeds, but you'd never see them grow. So when I left the group, I always wanted to start something that I could build relationships and collaborate with singers for more than just an hour. So that born was the Acapella Academy and it's a, it's, a, it's a training course, essentially. It's a training course where vocal ensembles can learn that unique set of skills to become more accomplished choral singers. So I will lead all of the workshops. The Academy itself can be, is very flexible. It can be two days, it can be one day, it can be up to a week, but it's a platform for me to spend time with these singers and to really delve into very, very fine detail about these tricks of the trade. That's basically the, um, the essential bits of what the Academy is. And it seems to, be, seems to be sort of sparking a lot of interest, which is great. Now, part of the idea here is that it will move around the country to different regions. And you're starting in Nelson, I think, in April. I mean, this is going to be a, a tricky old year, of course. But how confident are you or how hopeful are you that your plans will be able to proceed? 
Well, we are keeping everything crossed. Let me put it like that. I mean, we are we are realistic, of course, but we we need to be sensible. And of course, we'll the the, the Centre for Performing Arts, where we'll be performing at the NCMA in Nelson, will adhere, of course, to all the all the guidance that the government is giving us. But if it doesn't happen in April, you know, as in all these things, it will happen. We just have to get the right timing, whether that's later in the year, whether that's next year. From my side, it doesn't really matter when it happens it's just doing it properly we want these singers to have the best experience possible and that's not standing two meters apart with masks that's standing closer together so we can hear each other properly which is crucial for ensemble singing of course and to sing without masks so until that's possible we won't plow ahead but we're still keeping things crossed for april in nelson Timothy Wainwright. Details of his a cappella academy can be found on the Standing Room Only webpage. Registrations are now open.